Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded.
He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. Welcome, and good evening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. It has been an interesting day, to say the very least. I'm glad you all could be with me here tonight. I've got a quite, quite a few uh, folks in the in the house tonight. We've got 2020 Radio, uh, Beer Hunter, uh, DCS, and some new people, and we're glad that they uh, chose the time to to uh, to listen to tonight. Anyway... Let's get this party started the right way because I've not done it the way I usually do it for a while. I've been out of sync a little bit. Hey, uh, has anybody heard that Bill Clinton is going to be giving a major address tonight at the Democrat National Convention? And it's alleged that said speech will be a game changer for Obama, that perhaps he'll get a serious bump out of this whole deal. But But wait. What's more, you say? We've, we already know about that. Today's date, September 5th. Wow. It'll be Thanksgiving before you know it. 2012, Old Town, Alexandria. United States of America, planet Earth. Third planet from the sun. <laughs> Why am I laughing? Why do I chuckle? The Democrats omitted God from their platform. They omitted Israel and a whole bunch of other goodies. They were called out mostly by Fox News, fair and balanced. They couldn't answer why they took the defensive. 
But tonight, well, tonight they decided they would have a change of heart. So they took a vote on the on the floor of the convention. They took a vote. All those in favor, say yay. All those not, nay. Dude had to take the vote three times. And each and every time, the nay vote drowned out the yay vote, which prompted the guy to just say, I believe in my opinion, I have two-thirds, and I'm paraphrasing, I have a two-thirds majority or three-fourths or whatever the hell, so the motion is passed. Clearly, the majority of the delegates on the floor opposed having God, or the word God, the name God, placed back into the party platform and any mention of Israel. It's a major embarrassment for the Democrat Party. They're a bunch of bumbling, stumbling morons. That vote indeed was awesome because it just... Come on, how could you not have God? How could you vote against having God placed in your party platform? How does that happen? Who the hell does that? It's an embarrassment. In fact, I was I was embarrassed for the poor guy who had to stand up on that podium and take the vote not once, not twice, but three times. Three times. Bill Clinton is going to come out and give his speech. He's going to wow the crowd and everybody's going to... Everyone is... He's going to overshadow... He's going to overshadow Barack Obama. And I'll tell you why. And I think a lot of you under, already know why. No matter what Bill Clinton did in the White House, whether he fondled his sister or someone else's sister, or whether he slept with his entire cabinet, or was caught humping his dog. People like the guy. We all love the lovable rogue, <laughs> the ladies' man, wink, wink, nod, nod. You know, guys, you know you love it. We love that guy. And quite frankly... His sordid sex life had nothing to do whatsoever with his job. The only issue I ever had with Bill Clinton was that he was just dumb enough to lie to me. And I have a rule about that. If you take the time to lie to me when I know that you're lying and you know that I know that you know that I know you're lying, then there's no respect here. You're just trying to make a fool out of me. And then we've got a problem. I would have much preferred had Bill Clinton just said it's none of your business. I'm doing my job. Whatever happens between me and another woman is between me and my wife <laughs> and the other woman. Had he said that, he would have endeared himself to me forevermore. He would have had my respect. Because, frankly, he's telling me that it's none of my business. And it isn't. But Barack Obama... It's a different 
It's a different thing altogether. Folks like the guy. Yeah, he has a likability factor. I'll admit it. As much as any con artist has a likability factor. There's a reason why the television series White Collar is such a big hit. There's a reason why the old series starring Roger Moore as the saint who was a con man was such a big hit. We we like the con man. We don't trust him. But he's cool, isn't he? But you can't trust a word he says. He'll stab you in the back. He'll steal your wallet. He'll He'll rob you blind. And he'll smile and wink. And you might just like it. But what we have in the White House right now is nothing more than a relatively good-looking man who wears a nice suit, who's nothing more, nothing more than a, a con artist. And that means that he's not to be trusted. Not at all. And by the way, the call-in number is 347-884-8500. First things first. The first thing on our agenda for tonight in this one hour, first we want to announce that Bill Clinton is going to be speaking, but the Dallas Cowboys are going to be playing the Giants. Therefore, I will not be listening to Bill Clinton's speech. In fact, I may just cut the show out early. No, I won't do that. And for you guys out there, did you get your fantasy football teams all squared away? I had to rush to get my 37th fantasy football team in line for tonight. I have 37 fantasy football teams. Obama. Obama has been branded the groveler-in-chief. And we've all seen those deep bowels to emperors and potentates and, and dictators. He bows deeply. And then he just says, well, I'm just following protocol. What protocol would that be? I don't know. But President Obama has been branded the groveler-in-chief after giving an exaggerated bow to Jap, uh, Japan's emperor, Akahito, the son of the ruler who authorized the 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor. That alone, he probably should have slapped the guy. But instead of doing that, he bows deeply, his head almost touching the guy's crotch. Let me ask you this right now. You're a grown man. I'm not speaking for the ladies right now. You're a grown man. You're the United States president of you the president of the United States of America. But first you're a grown ass man. How many of you are going to meet with some foreign head of state as a representative of the entire United States of America and bow so deeply that your head nearly touches the guy's sack. How many of you guys are going to do that? Not many. I would 
wager. And that's right, 37 fantasy football teams. Yahoo Sports, ESPN, three different pages or three different usernames, and NFL Networks, 10 teams there. And it is a lot of work because a couple of hours before game time on Sunday, I have to pull all of those websites up on a variety of different computers and laptops, then adjust each roster for each team in accordance with what I'm seeing on NFL Network and ESPN and make sure it's all lined up and squared away before game time every single Sunday. It is a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun. So, while while, while some would argue that it would, it's a sign of respect in Japan to bow so far down that your head touches the guy's scrotum, Mr. Obama was attacked in America for bowing and scraping to a foreign leader particularly a Japanese leader. Wartime scars are still raw for many Americans. The six feet, two inch president, his mark of deference to the five foot, five inch emperor in Japan on dominated discussions in the United States media. As you can see on my blog talk radio page, the President of the United States is bowing down so deep that it would probably shame his own communist father, both of them, Frank Marshall Davis and that other dude. So the question is, why? Why for the first time in history, in the history of the United States, and I've gone way back, does the President of the United States show such deference to a foreign leader? Well, as it turns out, there's, there's a lot behind it. But, American, but before that, Americans were saying, will this man ever stop bowing and scraping to foreign leaders? It's embarrassing. And the White House aide said Mr. Obama had been simply following protocol. But critics pointed to Michelle Obama patting the Queen on the back during their Buckingham Palace visit. Now, we all know the protocol is nobody touches the Queen. Not even the Queen touches the Queen. You just don't do it. So when Michelle Obama gave the Queen a back slap, was that protocol? Now, when Dick Cheney, the vice president, the former vice president of the United States, greeted the emperor at the same royal palace, he did so with a simple handshake. Man style. Dick Cheney was not about to bow down to a foreign leader. He shook his hand, and the emperor was just fine with it. But here we are with President Obama bowing down so low that even I, who can't stand the sight of the man, am embarrassed for him. 
1994, when President Clinton appeared to almost bow to the Japanese royal U.S. officials, to the Japanese royals, U.S. officials rushed to claim it was nothing of the sort. Bill Clinton very nearly bowed. He like did a, a, a sort of a, a head nod style bow. But even Bill Clinton knows better than to bow down to a foreign leader. American leaders are not supposed to show any signs of deference to a foreign power. That's just how it is. And it's not the first time Mr. Obama has been caught up in a bowing row. He appeared to bow before the king of Saudi Arabia Arabia in the G20 summit in London. But aides denied it, saying the president nodded his head only because he's taller than King Abdullah. So what's the deal with the head bows? <laughs> There's a picture on my blog talk webpage of Obama's head nod. It looks as though he's about to trip and fall all over King Abdullah of Saudi Arabia. But officials say that, oh, he was just doing a head nod. So what's up with that? Now, Obama has said, we do not seek to impose any system of government on any other nation. Of course not. But does that mean that we bow down to those nations? No. We don't. He also said that I'm a big supporter of non-censorship. I recognize that different countries have different traditions. Hmm. So what's up with the balance scraping? Apparently Obama has decided that in assuming the presidency of the United States, he's going to usher in a new way of doing business. And unfortunately for us, that means that he is going to take America down a peg or two. In the much publicized, much heralded, and very well done movie, documentary, 2016 Obama's America, which I urge you to see if you haven't done so already. Mr. D'Souza, the writer, director, and producer of the movie, clearly points out that President Obama does these things because... He believes that America, well, has been, has behaved badly over the, over the last 200 so years. That America has been far too arrogant, dismissive, and derisive. That America needs to be taken down a notch or two. Because, as he has stated, America is exceptional to Americans just like Greece is exceptional to Greece, and so on. There's no such thing in Obama's world that America stands far and away above as the most powerful country in the world, a world, uh, a country that leads the world 
in many respects, a country that a great many respect uh, a great many other countries look up to. Obama believes that America has gotten too uppity, that we talk too tough, that we go around policing the world and starting wars and basically pushing people around. And it's his job, or part of his job as president, to take us down a notch or two. And so hence the deep bowels, the groveling, the claims that America is just another country and a group of other countries. We're really not all that important. We're no more important to the world than Greece, Japan, China, or any other country. This is why this dude's got to go. He has got to go. Imagine another four years of what the President of the United States has brought us. Another four years. And the folks in the Democrat National Convention have laid their cards bare. Michelle Obama gave a masterful speech last night when she said that we should share our prosperity and that we should share our goodies and we should share our wealth. Okay, let's take that at face value. I've got a few extra bucks. Mrs. Obama says, hey, if you've got a few extra bucks, spread it around. That Well, Mrs. Obama, that's what charities are for. That's what churches are for when you start food drives and give tidings, put money in the collection plate, all that. Is that what Mrs. Obama means, do you think? Or does she mean that those of us who are seen to be better off as, than others, well then, maybe we should, well, no. No, your giving to churches, Mrs. Obama might say, is all well and good. You're having food drives, you know, for the winter, for those needy people, people who are less fortunate, that don't have food to eat. You're putting money in the collection plate so that the church will have funds to do goodwills. That's all well and good, but we believe, this is what the government is saying, that we can manage your money better for you. So what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to tax you as much as we possibly can. Then we'll take your money and then we'll spread it around as we see fit. Because we know better than you how to take care of your money. Basically, that's what the gist of the First Lady's speech was about. Instead of, you know, when she was saying I and me all those times, what is it with these liberals where it's like all about them, I and we? Well, I need to take a moment and gather myself before we finish this off. But just bear in mind before the Democrats tonight, the Democrats tonight, Booed, not all of them, 
booed putting God back into their charter. They booed it. What the hell is up with that? All right, we'll take a short break. We'll come right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Now, while Obama's in France and telling everybody over there, hey, you got to help yourselves, the world ought to help, but um, you need to fix your corruption and you need to help yourselves. It'd be great if he would say that here, but that's not what he's saying here. Here's what he's Every saying here. Every you take, every step you make, I'm going to tax break and you can't escape, I'll be taxing you. We have listener support, of course, and some who help with the promoting. One group that often goes unrecognized are the wives of Internet Talk Radio hosts. They are the ones who tolerate our dalliances and the time we invest in our hobbies. So this is one way we can properly recognize those who are closest to us by broadcasting their sincere sentiments regarding our passions. I am going to stay up on You're not the only one to use 
now. You better tell me me. I'm not bringing it in there. All right. Welcome back to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. So to recap, the Democrats took a vote and God and Jerusalem are back on the platform after they were called out over the course of the last couple of days. Now, was the vote unanimous? Hail to the null. The vote had to be taken three times, and each time the nays drowned out the yays. You can hear it yourself. And dude said, okay. The guy at the podium said, okay, we're going to do this one more time. Boo, boo. All right. Hey. We're going to do this one more time. Boo! Boo! Yay! Okay, wait. We're going to do this one more time. (laughs) So they did it three times. Finally, God was reinstalled and Jerusalem into the platform. How embarrassing is that? And what do you bet, folks? That none of this makes the mainstream media within the next couple of hours. Delegates booed and hissed and jeered. The vote, obviously, the vote failed. But what a PR nightmare it would have been. If they said the motion fails, we won't put we won't be putting God and Israel and Jerusalem back on our platform. That would have been a disaster. But what's worse than all of that? Vote black. Vote black buttons are all over the convention floor. And worse still, worse still, a well-known newspaper just two days ago reported that the convention, that Obama would not be giving his speech at the 72,000 seat stadium. Two days ago, this well-known newspaper reported that the turnout was going to be less than a quarter of what was needed to fill that stadium. And that the administration that the convention managers were scrambling in an effort to get people to fill that stadium. They decided that the best way to get people to fill that stadium in North Carolina, which 
Barack Hussein Obama is not popular at all in was to bust people in from South Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, Tennessee. They were sending buses out to collect people. And still, they didn't have enough people. Now, the Daily Mail predicted that the administration would say that the weather is too bad to host Obama's acceptance speech at the stadium and they would move the venue indoors two days ago. Now, never mind that the weather for tomorrow is predicted to be, well, not so threatening. Folks, the Democrat National Convention has been a disaster. And now I'm beginning to really, I'm beginning to believe that Obama's going to lose. I'm actually believing that he could lose this election handily. All signs point to defeat in November. He just doesn't have it. He just doesn't have it. And it's 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 actually quite sad. I I mean I, I dig it. This folks, is Obama's first real election. It's his first real election. He's all known about now. 2016, Obama's America is out, the amateur is out. What's been kept in darkness... And what was kept in darkness in 2008 has now come to light. We know who he is, and we know exactly what he's not. And so, we can tell the President of the United States is in trouble. So let's go over it. Barack Obama. He's an he's an odd political figure, especially in American politics. Not because he's black. Oh, and by the way, I'm taking a good much of what I'm going to tell you about from an article in the American Thinker titled Obama's First Real Election by James Lewis. Sprinkling in my own thoughts as I go along, not because Obama's black, but because he's so far out of the norm that he doesn't instinctively follow all the standard moves. American politicians have certain standards, certain set rituals like not bowing and scraping to foreign potentates. They have certain rituals and processes, just as American baseball does. 
For example, a Russian shot putter who switched to baseball would look weird. The examples of Obama's subtle oddities are are striking. The biggest ones are his deep public bows to foreign potentates, as we discussed earlier, an act that alienates him from more than two centuries of American public behavior. Those showy bowels were not accidental. They're, they were actually planned by the president, and they reflect his frothing resentment against his own country. This is Obama's version of Up Yours, America. The Roman emperor Caligula once appointed his horse to the high position of council to show his contempt for the Roman Senate. In the long history of human politics, symbolic acts of contempt are many. Rebellious kids do them all the time. Now, my girl, who I am uh, deeply infatuated with, Ann Coulter, she points out that Obama hasn't won many contested elections. Most of the time, his opponents drop out after some private scandal. A private scandal or two that suddenly blows up in public. If Emil Jones, the godfather of Illinois politics, is backing you, then yes, officially sealed divorce papers do have a tendency to get unsealed at crucial points in the campaign. I'm thinking about Jerry Ryan, the relatively hot actress who was seven of nine in the Star Trek series. Well, she was married to a man named Jack Ryan. Ryan. He was running against Barack Hussein Obama for this for the federal Senate, for the Senate. And he was winning that race. Right up until the time where his divorce papers were unsealed and made public. Ryan was forced to drop out. Barack Obama had a clear way to the national stage. It was alleged in the divorce papers by Jerry Ryan that her husband, who the man who was running against Barack Obama for the Senate, was into wife-swapping, open marriage kind of stuff, wanted her to get involved in all sorts of sexual weirdness. Now, you and I know, perhaps, that an estranged wife will claim almost anything at the urging of her attorneys to get a favorable settlement. Who knows whether or not what Jerry alleged is true. Hence, the papers were sealed. The divorce documents were sealed. But Emil Jones... miraculously and scandalously had those papers unsealed just three months before the election. Hence, Ryan dropping out. Now, I will allege, I will point to you right now, I will, I will, I will tell you right now that had those documents not been sealed, um, had remained sealed, Ryan would be in the Senate today 
Barack Obama would still be somewhere in Illinois not doing his job in the state house. And we wouldn't be having these problems, guys. I'm telling you. Barack Obama lost to Bobby Rush for Congress. He got his ass kicked. Bobby Rush, the former Black Panther, the guy who used to feed me breakfast in the morning before I went to school, he whooped Barack Obama's ass. Barack Obama went deeply into debt. Michelle threatened to divorce him. No, in fact, Michelle had divorce papers drawn up. She was done with that fool because he put the family in deep debt. Barack Obama vowed to recover. She cut him some slack. He got loans here and there, grants from fellow sycophants, and they recovered. Hence the run for the for the Senate against Ryan. So, if you're married to the daughter of a Chicago ward boss, then you probably get miraculous acts of God helping your pathway clear to power. And if you're the racial messiah running against Hillary Clinton, then yes, the lockstep left can decide in the middle of the primary campaign that Bill and Hillary are racist. After all these years, Barack Hussein Obama alleged that Bill and Hillary were racist. This Bill, a man who was labeled, for all intents and purposes, as the first black president of the United States. Who was the first black president in the United States? Bill Clinton, some allege. Why? Well, a well-known author and poet said that Bill Clinton is for all and purposes the first black president of the United States because he liked fried chicken and watermelon and that he hailed from a single-family household. I joke with you not. Look it up. This is a black woman who said that the reason for giving her reasons for why Obama, not I mean Clinton was the first black president of the United States. Those were her actual words. But yet Obama claimed that Hillary and Bill were racist. No wonder Illinois' favorite son came to national politics feeling like a god. He could do no wrong. In Obama's political career, I can find only one competitive election, namely 2008. And that one was ferociously stacked by a unanimous media that hated George W. Bush with pathological hatred while idolizing the black messiah who was going to save America from its never-ending guilt about slavery. By the way, slavery ended in 1865 and Jim Crow ended in the 1960s. The election of 2008 may have been historic, but it wasn't a contest. The outcome was as sure as the 90% hard-left political machine could make it. Abe Lincoln could come back from the dead 
and wouldn't have won against Obama in 2008. Because he'd be tarred and feathered as a white racist. Which makes, which makes 2012... Which makes 2012 the first contested election that Obama has ever seen. Think about that for a moment. We've seen stacked elections before, haven't we? When a Kennedy runs in Boston, or when Robert Byrd did in West Virginia. But most politicians have to endure the anxieties of not really knowing the results until, well... Until election night. Most national politicians have felt the agony of defeat and the mud-slogging pace of trying for a comeback. But not Barack Hussein Obama, that child of fortune. When Obama told small business people that you didn't build that, he might have been talking about himself. He had all those roads built for him and all his paths smoothly paved way by very popular friends. I have never, folks, seen an administration like this. They're unique and not in a way that inspires confidence. From the styrofoam Greek columns to Air Force One buzzing Lady Liberty, from the infamous bowels of King Abadullah, to the sneering public contempt shown to Benjamin Netanyahu and Hosni Mubarak, both heads of sovereign states, from the perverse energy decisions about coal, oil, and solar, to the bank bailouts from favored Wall Street firms, or rather four favored Wall Street firms, from the tax-cheating nominee to uh, for Secretary of the Treasury, to that bloody gun-running from the Sonali Cartel, from the mad idea of an Arab Spring, to the triumph of radical Islam in Egypt, Libya, and Tunisia, and now maybe even Syria, this administration goes straight from starry-eyed arrogance to disaster, bloody disaster. Not to mention their fixed idea of priming the pump of the economy with bigger and bigger and bigger debt. We stand at this time, $16 trillion of debt. And shortly, that debt will rise to $17 trillion. It's like those 18th century doctors who used to bleed from for who who used bleeding for everything. Remember that leeching, bleeding. Is the patient getting sicker? We'll better open up another vein then. Do you start to think anybody that this is really, really weird? And now. The first national election to consist completely of trash-talking the other side. If we believe Obama and his finger-puppet minions, Mitt Romney is a felon, a tax cheat, 
a man who makes war on women, who's driven by hatred of gays and lesbians, and who wants to kill off Medicare. That's what Obama's all about. Folks, take it from a Chicago native. What Obama is doing is the Chicago way. That's all it is. It's the Chicago way. In a normal country, that kind of over-the-top abuse would mean political suicide. I don't know if we still are a normal country anymore, do you? I don't doubt that David Axelrod and his minions are constantly talking to voters and taking their pulses to see if they can win by verbal thuggery or not. But there's something obscene about smearing a good and decent man as a way of avoiding the obvious failures of your own administration. Folks, do you ever get the idea, as I do, that this administration... Tea Party Paul writes uh, in the messaging box here some really good stuff here. I'll share it with you in just a few minutes. Do you ever get the idea, folks, that this administration believes that we, the American citizens, are just plain stupid? That we're not we're not very bright. And that Obama can call Mitt Romney a felon or imply that he could be, suggest that his works at Bain Capital directly resulted in the death of another human being, and that he hasn't paid his taxes in 10 years. This administration believes that we'll focus on these things, you know, There's nothing to see here. Move along. The obvious explanation is that Obama's team just isn't used to politics like this. They don't have any they don't have any experience of elections where the other side has a real chance of winning. Because folks, that's not the Chicago way. What we're seeing is not really political strategy. We're seeing rage and anger leaking out of this administration and our president. Politicians love to curse. LBJ did, and Hillary and Joe Biden. Well, he does it even when he's sober. But there's always a watertight barrier to keep the public out. Obama's lost this kind of self-control. It's not a good sign. And Obama's likability factor has taken a seasoned dip. The ladies don't love him anymore. They're not feeling the love. Not at all. The state, he can't feel the stadium. He's going broke. His campaign's going broke. He just doesn't have the bread. It's all a big mess. Folks, 
I'll be honest with you here before we take off for the night. I didn't think that Barack Obama could win. I mean, lose. I didn't think that Mitt Romney could win. And, 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 and I thought that perhaps Mitt would have the slightest chance if he selected Marco Rubio. Now I'm beginning to believe in Mitt Romney. I'm beginning to believe that he can win. That he can win. Not so much because Mitt Romney is our version of Reagan to Carter, but because the Obama administration is imploding. They're disintegrating. This campaign, the campaign that they're running, there's no greater example of the failure of this campaign, the Obama campaign, than what we just saw earlier tonight. Three votes. The nays out, out drowned out the yays for putting God and Israel back on the platform. So dude took the vote again. The yays drowned out the yays again. He took the vote a third time. The yeas clearly, <laughs> clearly, the yeas were drowned out by the nays, and so dude just decided, okay, well, whatever the hell, we're just gonna go with it. How embarrassing! How embarrassing for the Democrat Party, and I bet that nobody's gonna talk about it tomorrow morning. Hey, you know what, folks? Thank you. Thank you all for listening tonight. I hope you have a great night. There are many things that you could be doing, but you chose to come into my room and listen to my show, and I really greatly appreciate it. 2020 Radio is coming up next. My main man, G-Ski Rocks. I'm headed over there. Even though I'll have the game on, I'll have G-Ski Rocks 2020 Radio in the background. And also, GDT 183 Conservative Primetime at 1130, if you're up that late. Please do check him out. His show is awesome. G-Ski's show is fantastic. Even better than mine. So let's move on over there, shall we? I want to say thank you for joining me tonight. God bless you. Have a great night. And God bless the United States of America. We're out. Uh-huh.